You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. If you'd like to get a free copy, just send a text to 33444 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 33444. Let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Jim Palmer, and he's a serial entrepreneur, marketing expert, and in-demand small business coach. For the past 30 years, Jim and his wife, Stephanie, were practical and predictable, living a modest lifestyle in suburban Philadelphia, where they raised their four kids. But in 2016, Jim and his wife traded in practical and predictable for adventurous and exciting. They sold their home, and they bought a boat a boat to live full-time on, and they truly leveraging their dream. And now he's living his dream lifestyle. We were just talking about it a little bit. So welcome to the show, Jim. Dennis, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. I'm super excited because we're going to talk about something that you people rarely talk about when it comes to growth strategies, right? We're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about the importance of that. And I know you've got a lot of great tips and strategies around that. But before we dive into that, tell us a super quick backstory. I know we told you a little bit here, but how did you get into coaching? Tell us a little bit about that. It's funny how, you know, you you never realize what you're doing most of your life and career, which leads you to something else that you immediately don't see. Right? It becomes clear later on. Well, in 2001, I, I well, in 2000, I lost my job. I was VP of marketing for a training company and thought, well, with four teenagers at home, I'd quickly go get another job. And long story short, it was almost a year and a half of unemployment just wrecked me financially, you know, wrecked my confidence and, and you know, my self-esteem. Twelve months into that, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so that immediately became my highest priority, which is funny. You think being unemployed for a year is pretty bad, but then, you know, you got to face your mortality. But all of that led me to start my first business in October 2001 after I was successfully uh, I had surgery and I'm in good shape today. So I struggled for uh, my first year, Dennis, and then about five years later, I'd grown my first business to multiple six figures. But that was really kind of um, doing business locally. I, I was very much had the mindset of a small business owner where everything is driving sales and revenue and meeting with clients. And then in 2006, 2007 timeframe is when I first met Dan Kennedy, probably my greatest mentor to this day. And I really learned what it meant to become an entrepreneur, where you're thinking of wealth creation, leverage, and not simply driving more sales. And I ended up closing my first business and opening a second business called No Hassle Newsletters, which I grew to over 1,200 small business owners in nine different countries using my done-for-you templates. And I then opened my concierge print mail on demand, No Hassle Social Media, Custom Article Generator, and I think one or two other online businesses in about 2009, 10 timeframe, people started asking me, well, how are you doing all that? And that's when I launched my coaching program about four years ago after for about 10 years working 80 hours, chief cook and bottle washer doing everything. I started growing a team of virtual assistants and put all my 
the different internet businesses, which I still own today on kind of autopilot. I have a team of VAs with a lead project manager that runs those. And I have focused for the last five years on growing my coaching practice. And three years ago, I made the decision to coach three days a week instead of five. And that's when we kind of got into the boating lifestyle. And about a year and a half ago is when we moved on to the boat. And and little did I know, even setting up the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday work week for me, which is when I coach my clients, that became important to our current lifestyle, Dennis, because we travel, weather permitting, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then when Tuesday runs rolls around, wherever we are, we got to stay in port for for three days and I work and then we do it again. That's interesting. So you get to see a lot of different places up and down the coast. I'm sure you're on the East Coast and the West Coast and you may even travel international, but that's a really interesting lifestyle and a great story of how you kind of pivoted from corporate into, you know, your startup entrepreneurial years to to moving online and now coaching. So I appreciate you filling in the blanks there. So you're a coach. You also have some online businesses, but I'm sure there's a lot of coaches and consultants listening or will be listening to this in the near future. So would you do me a favor and kind of unpack what you consider to be your go-to strategy for getting new coaching clients today? I mean, if you had to pick one strategy for getting and growing new client base, what would it be? As you know, and even with the way you've framed the question, it's never one thing. But if I only had begun to the head moment, one thing, it would be video closely followed by doing uh, live events and seminars. Like I, I started something called Dream Business Academy. So those, but if only one dentist, it would be video because it allows you to be in the in the home or office or wherever for, for prospective clients 24 seven and they can experience you. And I did weekly videos for six years. I think I missed about three weeks out of six years. And probably for the last year, year to year and a half, I've, I'm not doing the produced videos that I was doing. I'm doing a lot of Facebook Live. I have Facebook groups and things like that. So I'm always coming on camera, and which is so much more powerful when you think about it than just the written word and the blog. And I love podcasts. I've been podcasting. I think I just did my 322nd episode of my own show, and I've been a guest on so many shows. But you know, when you add the power of video, I mean, it's like it's kind of like being on TV. You know, people get to really see who you are and, and, and experience you over several different episodes or videos. And it's just a great way to develop relationships. No, I love video, but can we get a little bit more micro? I mean, I like that idea. You talked about Facebook. You've probably used some other channels. What would be your go-to strategy right now for video? Would it be Facebook Lives or would it be YouTube or, you know, LinkedIn has got a video has gone crazy on LinkedIn. Where do you see yourself, you know, making the biggest impact as far as driving new customer acquisition? There's no question that Facebook Live is the is probably the most important platform that I use. But one of the things I do, I've always believed in leverage and, you know, maximizing what it is that you create. Each piece of content becomes very valuable. And, you know, when I started a Facebook group to share some information, Dream Business Building Facebook group. I started doing a thing called free training Thursday. So I'd come on camera every Thursday and teach, whether it's for half an hour or an hour. And so that's a relationship builder. But one of the things I did is I will then have those transcribed. That just becomes fuel for the blog, right? And then I figured out, I've written seven books, Dennis. And then I think in January, I said, I haven't written a book in almost two years. I don't really want to write another one, but let me put out, a, I was going to put out a series of Kindle books in under the Dream Business um, logo, Dream Business Building series of books. And I took my five best trainings, had those transcribed, but then I also 
I'm not a big fan of a transcript book where you just do a teaching and then put a cover on it. So I um, hired my editor that's been with me for years and said, make this sound like a book, you know, and if we need more content, we'll add it. So I actually launched five books based on the video. So the Facebook is the real platform, to be honest with you. That answers your primary question. But then the other thing to ask is what can you do with the Because you can download Facebook, you know, videos and then share them. We email them. We, we then upload them to YouTube. We do a lot of different things with every piece of content that I create. So you're reusing a lot of that content. And I love that framework that you just talked about for creating a book. You know, I heard the first time I ever heard that strategy that you just talked about was from Frank Kern. He talked about how he did, took webinars, transcribed them, converted them into books. And so I think that's a really powerful strategy. So kudos to you for that. All right. Awesome. So let's take a little bit of a pivot. I want to dive into the mindset stuff because, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, sidepreneurs, whatever you want to call them, we're our own worst enemy, right? So yeah. I know that I know that mindset has been a big, big part of, you know, of the growth of my businesses over the years. Sometimes my mindset hasn't been perfect. Self-correcting, but self-awareness is important. So, could you share with us a little bit of the framework or some tips on how you can, you know, how you can leverage mindset to help you grow a bigger, better business? Mindset is so tricky, and you know, I never put myself out there as a mindset coach, and honestly, only because I have benefited from from mentors and coaches myself, and then I've been coaching almost ten years. I see that it's such a vital part of success, and you know. When you think about growing, and I'm not just talking about growing 2%, 5 I'm talking about like 10Xing your business or, or, you know, whatever your dream business looks like to you, it's going to require some sort of major effort that you're not doing right now. And I believe what holds a lot of people back is the ability to just say yes. And that's kind of why I wrote my, my seventh book by that same title. People don't feel ready, Dennis. I'm using air quotes around the word feel because they're thinking, well, I don't know if I'm ready to do that, but I'm going to do that. That sounds like one heck of a great idea. I can see how that works, but I need to do X, Y, and Z. I need to go to a few more seminars, read some books, maybe get a little one. So you never really pull the trigger because you don't feel ready. In reality, most of the things that are going to cause big growth and have a really big impact in your business are things that are much bigger than you're used to doing now. And because they're new, they feel a little scary and uncertain, and therefore you don't pull the trigger. If you think about it, if you look at really highly successful people, you know, Bezos or Mark Cuban, anybody who's achieved a lot of success, the one thing they don't lack is confidence. Whether they do, they never show it, but they they make big choices, big decisions. Funny thing about that book that I wrote, I, I really was, I had written six books at that point. I really wasn't looking to write another book. It's a lot of work. But when Stephanie and I decided to sell our house and move on this boat, it was such a phenomenal idea. We were both in love with the idea. And then something happens to a lot of people when you fall in love with this big, big dream is that you start, your mind starts playing the other side of the coin. Well, yeah, it could be great, but what if you run aground? What if you run out of fuel? What if you break down out in the ocean? What if, what if, what if? And the what ifs are what really, it's like a speed break on growth. People start playing the what if. So, oh, I'm going to do some Facebook marketing. I'm going to, I am going to write a book. I'm going to become a speaker. I'm going to do my own live events, all great things. But yeah, what if it doesn't work? What if nobody comes to my live events? What if nobody buys my book? What if people do buy my book and they find out, you know, I'm very challenged with the English language and don't know the proper place for comma and people criticize me and all these what ifs are ultimately what holds people back. And so one of the areas that I work with my clients on is how to steal yourself. And I mean, S-T-E-L, how to steal yourself to any kind of criticism 
so that you just really put on a shield of armor and criticism be damned because it will come. That's the 100% truth. It will come. And social media just amplifies it so much. But if you can really just say yes and move forward with courage and confidence, those are the people that are really building dream businesses, Dennis. Yeah, that what if creeps into everybody's mind, right? And I think even the most confident people like Bezos and Cuban, they've went through those times in their lives when what if was a factor. I mean, if if they were on the call today and we asked them that question and they were honest, they've they've had those same struggles, right? But I think the difference is is that number one, they were aware of their situation. They were aware that that was kind of becoming a limiting belief. And, you know, and then finally, you know, they did what it took to take action, right? So I I love that ready strategy that steal yourself from criticism, especially with, like you said, social media is, is our best friend and our worst enemy, especially if you're in business, right? Absolutely. You you can, you can have a hundred thousand happy customers and might, you might have a hundred reviews, but Make one mistake and boy, are people going to scream <laughs> loud from the rooftops and try to spread it to the to everybody, including the seven continents. So there's an expression which kind of relates to climbing higher up the success ladder, so to speak. So it's like the higher up the flagpole you go, the more your butt hangs out, which means the more people are going to take pot shots. But, <laughs> but I say it's okay because the view is so much better up there. Yeah, from up top. Exactly. Yep. Perfect. All right. So you talked about being ready. What else? Well, the fear of failure holds a lot of people back. And that, again, is grounded and rooted in criticism. What if I embarrass my family and my, my spouse, my kids, my neighbors laugh at me? All that prevents people from making big, big action is required for big growth. You know, there's an expression, wealth rewards risk and wealth rewards speed. You have to be able to move quickly. You have to be able to do something risky. If it's not risky, there's no reason in the world you should be even thinking that you're, there's going to be a big pot of gold. If it wasn't risky, every we wouldn't have the top 1%. We'd have the top 100% because everybody would do it, right? So, you know, but the other thing which I think people think is more rare than it really is, is the fear of success. I'll give you an idea. I've been working with a client for 18 months in the consulting space, and he's been working diligently. It's been a little slow for a year, but he's been planting seeds which is required if you want to have a big harvest. He's been doing everything. And a couple months ago, he said, Jim, I've got like five major gigs that I've been nurturing for anywhere from six months to a year. If they all happen and they all come about quickly in this this fall, it's going to be explosive. I'm going to be worried if I can handle it. What will they do this? Should I get a new building? Should I do this? Should I order more staff? I said, you do nothing except close those sales. And I said, you know, you're thinking, the question you're asking is kind of rooted. I want to do it correctly, which is fine. But I said, I want to dig a little deeper because I think you're in some way you might put the brakes on because you feel if everything happens, which is basically fearing the success that you may have, maybe you can't handle it. And believe me, you can. You're going to be you know, paddling like a duck underneath, but you're going to be calm, cool and collected to your customers. And I said, if you need more space, believe me, you'll find it. If you need more help, believe me, you'll find it. Do not slow things down because you fear that everything you've been hoping for might actually work. And boy, how scary would that be? Yeah, that's a high quality problem, right? You got five, you got five it clients really that hit it once, you'll figure it out, right? Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yep. The other part of that, by the way, Dennis, is when you get in such demand that so many people want you, I said, listen, by the time you get your third deal and you got two more pending and however, however many more you're nurturing, you could raise your price. And like, so instead of working with 10 people at $1,000, what if each gig was worth $2,000 and you only work with five, you're going to make the same money, 
but you're working with fewer people. There's so many ways that you can solve a high class problem, which is too much demand for your time. Yeah, exactly. All right, great. From a mindset perspective, anything else you want to share before we move forward? If you know the ability to say yes, the ability to take action before you're ready, being very cognizant of what I, it's kind of like an onion. When you keep peeling the onion back, you get closer and closer to the nub of it. So when someone says, gee, I don't know about this. For example, I'm like, you're in podcasting. I'm in podcasting. I, one of my newer clients has said, we got to create a podcast. Oh, I'm thinking about that. I think I'm going to do it fourth quarter. I said, how about next week? <laughs> I mean, quick action. Well, I don't know if I'm ready. I've never interviewed people. Yes, you have. You talk to people every day. <laughs> and so it's like quick action is one of the greatest things. Dan Kennedy, I mentioned earlier, has an expression. He said, success leaves a messy kitchen. So if you're trying to keep your kitchen very, very neat and orderly as you're baking a Thanksgiving meal with hundreds of pots and pans, don't make that until you clean this up. That's never going to work, right? So you have to be okay with a messy kitchen for a while. And once you get things dialed in, cash flow fixes everything. Again, you need to put more systems and procedures in place, get more help. You can do that. But I'm always going to push you to close more business quickly and then we'll, we'll sort it out on the back end. Yep. Success loves speed, like you said. All yeah. right. So knowing what you know now, let's pivot here. Knowing what you know now, you've been an entrepreneur for how many years now? 18. 18 years you've been an entrepreneur. If you could go back and do one thing different to help you get further faster throughout your entrepreneurial career, what would it be? Hire a coach. And all along, by the way, not to keep promoting everything, but my book Decide was the hardest book for me to write because it's my mindset book. And the way I write books, I divulge all of my own, you know, uh, my own bad demons <laughs> and how I got over them. So it's, it was a hard book to write. But um, one of the I had several fears, Dennis. I had a massive fear of public speaking from the time I was a kid all through high school. And when I became an entrepreneur and, you know, I started writing my first book on newsletter marketing, I started getting requests for people, come out and speak to us on newsletter marketing. Oh, thanks for the offer, but I'm busy. I'm traveling. I lied through my teeth because I didn't want to get in front of a group of people. And so fear of public speaking. And I ended up working with a couple of mentors who helped me greatly. The other, probably the other side, which, you know, those are some phobias, fears, whatever. The other hang up I had, which is a big one for a lot of people, is a hang up about money. People have a bad relationship with money. They think debt is bad. They think investing is bad. They think everything is bad about, they think there's a limited supply of money. You have to fix your money mindset. And um, fortunately, I had some folks that helped me do that. And just reframing how I felt, because I was in debt. When I started my business after being unemployed, I already had a lot of debt. And I incurred even more debt as I was getting my business rolling. And it really wreaked havoc with my mindset. Debt is bad. For goodness sake, stop getting in more debt. Debt is bad. And then somebody just said, you know what, Jim? You always say you wish you can get a line of credit or a loan. It's pretty hard to get a loan when you're a business coach or consultant, or, or especially if you have an online business, the banks look at it and go, well, what's your business? <laughs> See that website? That's my business. Yeah. What are you selling? <laughs> I know. And it's very tough. And I was never able to do that until much later on. And somebody said, well, Jim, you know, Capital One, Discover, Citibank, those are banks that have given you a line of credit. Happens to be in the form of a credit card but they've given you the line of credit that you want. Use that line of credit to build your business. And by the way, if you could, if you add, say, another $100,000 in revenue, which you can do this year, you can pay off your debt and be done with it. So it's things like that. And what I tell people is you cannot self-diagnose yourself. You'll look at yourself and go, why aren't I growing? Well, maybe I'm not doing this. Maybe I'm doing it. But believe me, there's always something as you peel the onion back, there's some rooted thinking. There's some kind of mindset thing that has to be attacked and fixed to give you the power to actually be as good as, as you have the ability to be. Yeah, I love that. Coaching is 
is clutch. I mean, if I could go back in my career, that's probably one of the things that I that I regret the most. Although, you know, I've, you know, I I didn't I don't share this with a lot of people, but I've invested personally over a hundred thousand dollars in coaching, training, masterminds, things of that nature, personal development related stuff. And I had a question from somebody not long ago. They asked me, they go, Yeah, that's a lot of money, Dennis. You know, that's more money than I have saved for retirement. Was it worth it? And I say to him, well, I don't know. I've grown three multi-million dollar businesses, one that I grew to 80 million and sold. You tell me, was it worth it? Oh my gosh. And Isn't so, that awesome? Yeah. And that's the thing that, you know, people don't understand. They think it's a short, then, and then they think coaching is a short-term fix, which we all know that, you know, that's not the case. You know, the most successful people in sports, the most successful entrepreneurs, the most successful people in any genre, they all have coaches. That's exactly right. And you really put your um, your finger on it, Dennis. It's the short-term thinking. I'm, I've always played the long game. Like I remember one of the biggest things I had to do was it was about a $7,500 investment to go exhibit. 5000 for the little 10 by 10 booth with the half curtain. I had to build a display and fly myself out there. It was a very big investment, but I knew I was going to be in front of, it was like a target-rich environment. And I did that. And I although I invested $7,500, I only came home with about 4000 in revenue but over the course of the next six months to a year, I got more and more clients because I had a good follow-up. And people want to know, well, geez, if I was to invest with a coach or do this or that, how quickly can I get my money back? It's a very horrible question to ask. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the $100,000 that you invested, as you said, has been worth millions of dollars, but it didn't happen overnight, right? But mm -hmm. it, being willing to make that investment, that, that's such a linchpin for so many people. It's, it feels like you're putting the cart before the horse. And yet you have to do that. And when people say, well, I don't have the money. I said, well, did you have the money to buy your house or did you, did you buy it on credit? So that's an investment, but your business is also an investment. Your business is not a job. Your business is an investment. And the more you invest in the business, the more it's, it will reward you. No, I love it. And I think that whole investing in yourself strategy falls back into the whole mindset concept of being ready and owning, you know, you know, steal yourself and the fear of failure and everything you've covered. And so Listen, we're going to do a quick rapid fire on the next couple of questions before we close out. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using today to grow your business? Well, I would say Facebook. I don't know if that's, that qualifies, but you know, the ability of Facebook, if you think about it, you know, when I wrote my first book, Dennis, we had to print like 3,000 of them. <laughs> today, you can just do print on demand. So you got a much lower risk. But back in that in the day, as they, as they say, you also had to do a lot of direct mail and, and wait 30 days or 60 days or 90 days to find out the results and therefore adjust. You could do Facebook ads and correct literally daily or every other day or weekly, depending on how much you're putting into it. And you can just fine tune. There's lookalike audience. It's such an amazing tool. But Facebook marketing for entrepreneurs, if you're not using it, you should be. Absolutely. And what's one book that you've read recently that you would recommend to my audience? It's a book by Gene Simmons from KISS called Me, Inc. Me, I-N-C for Incorporated. Gene Simmons has turned himself into a, a conglomerate, literally because of his brains and his chutzpah. And one of the things in, the, in his book, which I mentioned and just say yes, is that he has said yes to so many things. And he runs down the list. I never had a music lesson. People could go, no kidding. <laughs> but he sold millions and millions of records. He never went to become a record producer, yet he's produced some major bands. He started his own advertising agency, which does hundreds of millions of dollars a year. He wanted to become a speaker and get like 50 or 100 grand a speech. He went to the number one speaking agency and said that. And they go, well, even ex-presidents don't get that. So he fired them, started his own speaking business, and he gets 50 to 100 grand. 
everything that he's tried to do or he has stepped up to do, he's had success because he never let his lack of education or degree or, you know, letters after his name dictate. He just went ahead and did it. Love it. I'm going to grab that book for sure. But before we close out, let everybody know how they can reach out and connect with you, learn more about your coaching business, and then we'll close it out for today. Sure. And thanks for having me on, Dennis. So my website, the home base is getjimpalmer.com. Getjimpalmer.com. From there, you can get the books and look up different things. And, you know, I have a free Facebook group called Build Your Dream Business Now. The short link for that, because that's a mouthful, is dreambizgroup.com, dreambizgroup.com. And um, connect with me there. That's probably the, the two best places. Perfect. Well, listen, I'll make sure I put those uh, put those in the show notes. And I really appreciate you being a part of the show. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Thanks, Dennis. Congratulations on your show. It's awesome. Thank you. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.